This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Kalman, and this is another bonus edition of the Skate Podcast. Today, a very special guest, Arthur Liam McGuire, is going to join me to talk about his new book, The Real Ogie, The Life and Legend of Goldie Goldthorpe. If you're a big fan of Slapshot, you're going to want to hear this. It's the origins of Ogie Oglethorpe. They changed the name around a little bit, and uh, that's part of the story, part of the book, uh, part of the origins of uh, of that character, so that should be great. I want to remind you to uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio.com, wherever you get podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to, our, to the Skate Podcast. Make sure you give us some uh, five-star reviews, because if you're listening to this, clearly you like it, so why not let people know, spread the word. Uh, Ken Laird and I will be back with a regularly scheduled episode on Thursday, uh, but this is a bonus podcast. My guest is Liam McGuire, and so uh, let's just get right to it. Uh, Liam, it's such an honor to uh, to kind of have you on the air here today. It's a I've been you know thumbing through this book, uh, the real Ogie, the life and legend of Goldie Goldthorpe. Uh, as soon yeah. as as soon as I saw that on Twitter, I knew I had to uh, get that as a, a big Slapshot fan. I'm not I'm not one of the ones who can quote every line from it, but definitely a, a movie I enjoy and can't wait to. Um, show my son someday he's only nine years old so i'm not i'm keeping him away from it now i just want to start right off the top with this with paul stewart because paul stewart a guy from he's been he ha, he lives around here used to work a little for the bruins um a guy i know not well but i've talked to him we haven't had him on our show yet because we don't have enough bandwidth um if anyone's ever met paul stewart they know what i'm talking about he's, he's yeah. his own he's showing himself we, we don't yeah we, we try to keep these interviews short you know and so uh we haven't had yeah. paul on i'm sure at some point we will but I, i'm i'm just i'm digging into this story about paul stewart and, and can you just tell me why what was what went on between goldie goldthorpe and paul stewart when they were teammates well it was it was i think sort of if you can try and envision the first 48 to 72 hours or so with goldie coming on the team goldie came on that team midway through the season he joined the team in January of 76. This would be the, the Binghamton Dusters, uh, Broome County Dusters, North American Hockey League. Paul was one of, if not the enforcer on the team. And here comes Goldie, who, who had been absolutely tearing up hockey and, you know, for about three years at that time, on and off the ice, and came in with quite a rep. And uh, they, they actually had a couple of battles where they backed each other up, at least according to various game uh, reports and, and, and summaries that I was able to unearth. But... But there was friction right out of the gate, for sure. And, and it, it, uh, it led to a confrontation off the ice, and they both have different versions of how that fight went. It's a big surprise, that, right? Uh, Goldie gave me the name, but I think it's in the book. I can't recall it right now. But, it's, uh, but they fought off the ice. Goldie doesn't claim it was much of a fight, but Paul has a few more specifics of it in his book. But Goldie did, did offer up some thoughts on that it really wasn't much of a fight. And he really he said, if I had a loss to Paul Stewart, I would have retired. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't. He didn't really give him a lot of credence as a fist fighter per se. Sure. And and then and then they had the incident in the dressing room, where Goldie is of the opinion that that confrontation, which led to Goldie throwing a coke bottle at Paul's head, and we'll have all that in the book. Yep. Um, actually, is what led to him not getting the role created for him in Slapshot by Nancy Dowd, by the by by the by the the, the film people. 
as Paul Newman's brother walked through the door as the Coke missed Paul Stewart's head, smashed on the wall, and glass and Coke already fell, or fell all over Art Newman's bald head. Yeah. And the rest is history. And he said, I don't want that maniac anywhere near Paul Newman, my brother. He'll beat him up or he'll go crazy or lose it on the set. <laughs> and as a result, they, uh, you know, the role that was created for him, they used his name, they used his likeness, they used his reputation, but they wouldn't let him anywhere near the set. He never got a penny for it. And uh, Nancy Dowd's brother, Ned Dowd, skated out at the end of the movie playing Ogie Oglethorpe. So there's the historic uh, yeah. connection between Paul Stewart and Goldie. I can tell you they're not exchanging Christmas cards anytime right. soon. It's not crazy. a love, not a lot, not a lot of love lost. And um, a couple of years ago, Paul really unloaded on Goldie on Twitter, and you know I don't know what oh, the geez. impetus was behind that, but at any rate, there uh, there's not a lot of like between the two of them. And the, the crazy thing is that you know Paul Newman played tough guys in the movies, but from what you read from him, he was a pretty tough guy in real life too. He probably he might have got along with Goldie actually. No, listen, Goldie never would have touched Paul Newman. Sure. Uh, the pe- people. People, you know, only know Goldie maybe by a little bit of reputation. I'll put myself in that in that category, and I'm a guy who probably knows more about just about anybody who's played pro hockey, certainly NHL, which Goldie did not do. But I'm a huge slap shot fan too, and I knew a little bit about the guy. You know, I heard of rumors that he'd been shot. I knew he'd been arrested a couple times. I I knew there was some trouble with the law. I knew he was crazy on the ice, but not nowhere near. No idea of the extent of all of the absolute pure insanity that, that's been this man's life for, for the basic part of 30 to 40 years. I mean, arrested 50 times, incarcerated, 40 shot, stabbed, uh, fought drug dealers. He never would have fought Paul Newman, but he would have. There, there was one guy he would have gone after for sure was Connie Madigan. And yeah. Connie Madigan holds a kind of unique NHL record. He's the oldest rookie to ever play in the NHL. He was 38 years old wow. in the St. Louis Blues in 1973, but he was, he was tough as hell. His nickname was Mad Dog, and, and uh, he, had, he had broken Goldie's uh, junior coach, Albert Cava, who just passed away a couple months ago. He broke his jaw in a bar fight in 67 in Thunder Bay, and Goldie was looking for an opportunity to get him back. And he probably would have fought him, but he never would have touched Paul Newman. He would have revered him and been so humble and kind around him like he is everybody else. It's just if you want to go for bad or if you're looking to have a good time and it includes throwing, then uh, Goldie's your guy, man. He'll be your huckleberry. Sure. And and we should mention that, I guess, years later – um, Goldie did get some recognition. They brought him back for the uh, for the for the Slapshot reunion, right? Yes, yeah, there has been a few reunions, and that was very kind of them to do. And and uh, uh, some of them, and the one in Philadelphia in particular, was really big. And uh, all the actors, I think, were there for that, including the Sparkle Twins. They were back, and uh, <laughs> like every everybody, it was the Stick Boy. Everybody, it was uh, really well attended, and that was really classy of them to bring Goldie back. And these guys. These guys knew, the actors knew, and the ones that played extras in the movie, they, they all sure. knew. Like, no, no, nobody wanted any part of this guy in hockey at all, a- anywhere at that time. I mean, he was making as much money playing two, three leagues under the NHL as a third liner was in the NHL in the Real 1970s, up. and in some cases, some second liners. I mean, yep. it was, it was, he's made some big money, and he filled buildings, and he, uh, and he emptied bars. It was, it was, uh, it was something else, man. If you've, if you've gone through some of the book, Matt, then you know the stories sure. are endless, but they're also surreal because it's hard to imagine anybody could survive that quantity and quality, if you want to call it that, right. call it that uh, level of violence that, that, he, uh, that he was in the middle of. But, you know, he saved that woman's life mm-hmm. in San Diego, 
and he, and he took over multiple stab wounds in his chest, saving, with, you know, with a guy on PCP, but he saved her life. And, and he was shot by drug dealers because they were selling drugs to kids. He's never done drugs. He's never smoked one wow. day in his life wow. or, or, or ever, not one joint or cocaine or nothing. <laughs> and he's been a gym rat since he was 11. Yep. But, but you know what? He went over there to clean those guys out. And he was beating the crap out of every one of them. <laughs> so they pulled a gun and shot him you right. know, and tried to kill him. Unbelievable. And so he lost a whole year doing that as well. Got all the stories in the book. Yep. I've never met anybody like him, and I've met pretty much everybody there is to meet in the game. Sure. So knowing that, obviously, as a, an author or a journalist, you have a curiosity about things, but clearly you know the background of this guy. How do you approach him for a book? How do you Are, are you maybe a little nervous about even meeting this person in the first place? <laughs> Well, I had him on, I was finishing up a four-year radio contract here in Ottawa, doing just what you do and a lot of other guys uh, in the business. You know them, I know them. Uh, I've worked on and off in radio for 38 years, so I was finishing up uh, a contract, and he was one of my last guests. I had a third party. In fact, uh, Wayne Smith, the director of uh, amateur scouting for the Boston okay. Bruins, yep. when, they, when they won the Stanley Cup in 2011, he's got a, he's got a Stanley Cup ring. Yep. A uh, very dear friend of mine, and he's a guy who... Uh, told me that uh, Goldie was being flown to Kingston from his home in Surrey for a promotion because Larry Mavity, who is the president of the Kingston Frontenacs, uh, OHL Junior A team, uh, where they were former teammates. And, and he said, you want to have Goldie on your radio show? And I did. And, and you know, I've interviewed, um, obviously, hundreds upon hundreds of, of, of uh, guys and people in the sport of hockey, uh, media and whatever. And, and that was one of the most compelling interviews I've ever done in my life. And, and I, I went down to Kingston and met him. We spent the weekend together, broke bread, as they say, a couple of pints. And Dougie Gilmore was there and uh, Sean Babcock and Barry Brooks and Mav, of course, and myself and Goldie. And, and uh, we just really got along great. And I talked to him on the Sunday about doing a book. And he said, no, I said, uh, he said, a few guys had kicked the tires. They never followed through. And I asked him if he'd let me try and follow through, get a contract. And, he said, sure, and we shook hands, and that's how it <laughs> took off. So, you know, the book came out April 5th. Uh, we're absolutely thrilled with it. We've been on tour with it and uh, nice. having a blast, and my intentions now are to turn it into a movie. Oh, and wow. I, I think, uh, I'll tell you right now, he's regarded historically as the world's most violent athlete. It was a story that needed to be in print, and it's a story that needs to be on the big screen. And I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, 100%, I am going to make it happen. That's great. I look forward to that one. That would be quite interesting. Um, just yeah. wanted to get a little bit. I know um, I read something where you that you wrote about your unique relationship with Don Cherry. Um, I don't know. Maybe you could tell our listeners, maybe kind of uh, summarize you know, what kind of you wrote about him and what your relationship has been with Don and maybe your, what your yeah. reaction has been since uh, everything went down last weekend. Absolutely. Uh, I met uh, Grapes in 1982 at uh, the Canadian Collegiate Hockey Championships. I was um, I was a student at Seneca College. We hosted the Nationals that year, and we, we played in them. I wasn't good enough to uh, to make that team, but I tried out for it. But uh, uh, I was in the media department anyway, so I was on the microphone, and Grapes was a celebrity presenter. Uh, he had, uh, he had about that point, he was completing his second year on Hockey Night in Canada, but the coach's corner hadn't formally started yet with Dave Hodge. But uh, I met him um, um, running the rink at Seneca in those wow. days was Bobby Orr's younger brother, Doug oh, wow. Orr. Yep. Doug Orr was, uh, so Doug's the guy who hired me. I drove the Zamboni as a student there at part-time work, and, and I worked the PA for the games, and uh, I worked for the school paper, whatever. You know, just did a bunch of things, talking hockey and having fun, drinking beer, and 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 uh, I met Grapes, and uh, so we went out for dinner. It was Doug Orr, Don Cherry, Ron Ellis, formerly of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and myself. And that's when I met him. And 
he gave me this beautiful, uh, beautiful white sweater. And it was, uh, <laughs> I, anyways, we just really hit it off yeah. and, and we stayed in touch over the years. And, and I did radio with him. I've done some TV with him. I've done a lot of public speaking with him. At that time, I used to have dinner with him and his late wife, Rose, uh, God rest her soul. And, and I know Tim and Cindy and, uh, and, and I'll tell you, it was, um, I watched that thing on Saturday, you know, uh, November the 9th. I, I I listened to it. I knew right away it was going to be trouble. And when I heard it, I heard the words. You know, anyone who follows Grapes or Coach's Corner knows it's not uncommon <laughs> to have Don skate across the line. Or, you know, and, sure. and I just thought, okay, he's going to get some heat for this one. But I don't think anybody could have envisioned how it was going to explode, and, and it did. And uh, social media leading the charge now. And sadly, that's, you know, somewhat reflective of the society you're in, we're in. But at the same time, uh, uh, Grapes misspoke on this one. You know, it was, yeah. it was words that, that, that brought in a segment of the population, in this case, immigrants, that this isn't a hockey take, you know, and this is something where he was, re- he misspoke. And we know that now. But the point is, is, is that you're talking about them singling them out for not wearing a poppy, which is a massive, massive thing in Canada on November the 11th. It's one of the things we do as part of our sort of remembrance celebrations for the veterans, the sure. men who fought and died for our freedom, much like you guys have your Veterans Day. Right. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's, this is it for us. It's Remembrance Day, and the poppy's a big part of it. And Graves champions this every year. But he, he skated across the line this time, and, and Rogers are not CBC. You know, for, for 33 out of the 38 years, he was a CBC employee. And I think right. maybe that gave him a little bit more latitude. And in this case here with the private sector, uh, these guys, you know, John's 85. He's going to be 86 in February. And they weren't backing down. And they, I think they wanted Don to. And initially he didn't want to. And that forced their hand. And, and we all know the rest of the story. Right. So I wrote a couple pieces. You alluded to it. Uh, I got a lot of comments on it. Not all good. You know, I had a lot of people sure. absolutely ripping on me, just not even understanding the concept. Everyone's focused on this, you people. That's not why he got let go. It's you people who come here. Right. You know, he, he like that, he's not referring to me. I'm Canadian, born and raised. I didn't come here. You know, so he's not referring to me. He's not referring to 99% of the guys I grew up playing hockey with or live with. So, you know, this is why he got in trouble. And, and it's, uh, it's a sad commentary to a degree that it cost him his job, but I don't believe it should have. But uh, at the same time, uh, now he's bounced back with his own podcast. Right. He's 86 in a couple months. He's got more money than God. <laughs> so there isn't going to be any tag days for the guy. But uh, I absolutely love the man. I have so much respect for him. But he misspoke. And yeah. uh, and maybe it was time, you know, at the end of the day. How do you, how do you, how do you think, I mean, uh, just the his his legacy or his, like you said, he's going to come back with his podcast. Now, is, are, is Canada as a whole mad at him? Or you think they'll let him have a, a comeback? Well, the first one dropped today, and yeah. I haven't listened to it yet. Okay. But uh, I, I will as soon as I get home. Uh, but it, it, there's no question his legacy's been tarnished somewhat, and so's Ron McLean's. Now, there is something pretty um, pretty much associated with, with Canada, and that is we are the country of forgiveness, man. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no country, I don't think, in the world that will forgive faster or forget quicker than Canada. And... Uh, Don Cherry was voted the seventh most popular Canadian at the turn of the century. Right. Uh, and, and then this is not sports. This is in all of Canadian culture. He was voted seventh most popular. Now, you know, there's a group of people who who just absolutely are thrilled that he's finally off and uh, despise the guy. Look, he's and he and, and there's another group that have probably been 
tarred, you know, his his image in their eyes has been tarnished with with the with his with his words. And then the fact his first two interviews, he was so defiant. You know, he did one in the Ottawa, uh, the Toronto Sun newspaper with Joe Warmington, who broke the the, the dismissal story to begin with. Uh, Joe and Don are very close. And then he did one on radio with Barb DiGiulio, who is a longtime uh, radio personality in Toronto. And in both instances, he was extremely, extremely defiant right. and and uh, and unrepentant. And uh, and then all of a sudden, the next four or five interviews after the dismissal, he started to backpedal a little right. bit with the damage done, unfortunately. So I, I think his image has been tarnished. He's taken quite a hit in terms of uh, public uh, sentiment. But his fans, are, are, which are still numerous, are definitely still going to back the guy and are in his corner. And believe me, this podcast, uh, it'll, he'll kill it on that. He, re- he will in terms of numbers. And if he wants to take it further and do something in a wider scale or get it on, 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 on camera or whatever, right, right. he'll do well with that. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. But um, he's taken a pretty big shot here, as has Ron McLean and... Uh, and our country's just just come through the most divisive election right. in the history of Canada. So exactly. it hasn't been a good three or four months here uh, north of the 49th. It's uh, it's it's been a tough goal in the public sector of how our sort of our our culture and our lifestyle has been viewed. Well, Liam, I really appreciate you joining me again. The book is the real Ogie, the life and legend of Goldie Goldthorpe. It's uh, a great read, and uh, you know, here in the states, we have uh, Black Friday coming up right over Thanksgiving. It's a time everybody starts. Shopping their, rear, shopping their rear ends off. It's a hopefully they'll uh, be grabbing this book, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking to you again sometime down the road. Well, listen, give me a call anytime. Uh, love being on with you. I follow you on Twitter, as you know, and I've always enjoyed anything you've posted. And, and uh, for anybody that is listening, if you're looking to find it, it's Burnstown Publishing. Really, if you just type in Goldie and Liam, it'll probably come up at this <laughs> right. point now. But uh, you can find me or Goldie or the book online and order it up. And if you do, I hope you enjoyed it. It's a hell of a read. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Liam. All right, Matt. Thank you.